0: Welcome to C3 Wellington and Hutt City. Need something fresh, real and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get podcast notifications, updates on events, collective groups and a whole lot more. We're so glad you're joining us for a powerful and thought-provoking message from one of the team. We would love to hear how God has touched you in your life. Get in touch through our website, c3churchwellington.nz. So, sit back and enjoy this message. So I think there's a few faces in the room that probably me. So I thought I'd start by probably introducing myself a little bit. Um, so I'm Shekinah. Um, in two months, I turn 25. Um, so I've had a quarter-life crisis. I um, up and quit my job um, with only, like, I think I quit on a whim of prayer. Uh, the next day, I would have handed in my resignation. In um, the last few months, I've spent unemployed, um, watching a lot of Netflix. Um, I've probably watched about 90% of all the Netflix that there is in New Zealand, even the ones that aren't in English. Um, And yeah, now I'm about to become a foster parent at the age of almost 25. And life is wild and life is crazy, but I'm excited. Um, And so I just wanted to come and like, when Stephen Becks asked me if I was up for it, um, I kinda just went to God and I was like, God, what do you want to speak on? Um, And he was pretty much like, spiritual warfare um, and the armor of God. And I was like, no, no. (laughs) And then every time I went back, I was like, "Oh, what do you want me to preach on? Spiritual warfare, armour of God. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to do it. It's, it terrifies me, God. Um, but here we are, and today we are preaching, and we're speaking to spiritual warfare and the armour of God. And I'm excited, and I love that, um, I don't love Satan, but I was going to say, I love, when, <laughs> no, I love when like God tells you to preach on something who tells you to go somewhere, and then the morning of doing it, you wake up with the most horrendous cold of your life. I'm like, my throat can't breathe, I can't swallow. But we prayed this morning, and it's almost an honour, right? It's an honour that Satan would think that he could try and attack me and try and stop what's about to take place. And I'm excited. Like, it's an honour, Satan, that you think that you could come against what God has to say, right? So I'm joyful that I'm sick and every swallow and every breath that I have. It gets better every time, right? There's healing every breath that I take. And I think also with um, spiritual warfare, we usually have a few responses, right? Because to me, when I think spiritual warfare, it terrifies me. I don't know if it's the younger generation or what, but it's almost like it's not really a thing. Like we just put everything down to um, natural causes, right? Everything in the natural is just normal and so we have a few responses. We will either run for the hills uh, when spiritual warfare comes our way um, or we'll pretend like it doesn't exist or we'll pretend like it's not a big deal. Or the other thing that we usually would do is just feel really unequipped um, or unprepared for it. But I love Ephesians 6 because Paul is really practical and he really just lays it out. He tells us who we're at war with, how we fight that war, who we fight for, and who is victorious all in one. So it says in Ephesians 6, Now, my beloved ones, I've saved these most important truths for last, be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us, so you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with humans, but with the highest principalities and authorities, operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. But they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this you must wear all of the armor of God that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. So put on truth as about to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle take faith as you wrap around shield for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies and take the mighty razor-sharp spirit word of the spoken word of God. Can I pray and then we'll get into it? Father God, I thank you that you are a good God, that you are good and you love us and you are faithful in your love for us, that even though sometimes we want to run from you, you are just chasing hard after us. Your love is relentless and it's unconditional. There's no strings attached to your love, Father, and I thank you for that. I thank you that your love heals. And I think that you thank you that your love breaks chains and breaks bondages. And today you're going to do that, Lord. And I thank you, and I'm just excited. And Lord, you've gone before us and you're leading us. And Lord, I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth is not my own, but is of you. That the Holy Spirit would come and minister. Speak through me. There's power that flows through in in us. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would come and flow through these words and that all glory will always be given to you. Lord, I'm excited. I'm excited for what's about to take place. I'm pretty sure half my message that I've written is not even going to come about, and I'm excited for that. But Lord, I pray that we would lean in with ears open, hearts ready to suit up and go to war and go to battle. I pray all of this in your precious name. Amen. So like I said before, guys, when I was unemployed, I spent a lot of time uh, watching Netflix. Right? I'm a Netflix advocate. All right. Some people are excited and passionate about music, sports, creative stuff. I'm just passionate about watching Netflix. Okay. So if we have a conversation, I can guarantee you I'm going to slip in like the latest TV show or movie I just watched, okay? Because and it's it's kind of hard, right? Because I like watching TV shows and movies because I get so wrapped up in their realities. Like I'm like, oh my goodness, your fake life is so awesome. Um, so it's rational to advocate for it, all right? But I think God is funny, really funny, and the way that He explains things to us. So because I'm a Netflix advocate, when I was thinking about spiritual warfare and like God, I know what spiritual warfare means, but how do you explain it? Um, He gave me the movie Anastasia, that children's movie. Yeah, Has anyone seen that? Okay, well, alright, so, yeah, I'll catch you up. So, it's like this evil wizard Rasputin, he's like this weird, dark, scary character, and he has this little bat Bartok, alright, and he's like a little demon friend helper thing, and he pretty much puts a spell, puts a spell on um, the royal Russian Romanovs, and then the palace gets overrun, and then, um, Anastasia gets lost, and so then she becomes this orphan girl and these two scheming Russians decide that they'll pick this orphan girl who sort of looks a little bit like the princess, and they'll fob her off to the royal family and claim their prize. Um, Little did they know that she was actually the real Anastasia. And as a kid, the movie was absolutely terrifying. Like, Rasputin was the most scariest thing I've ever seen. His eyes fell out multiple times. He had these little weird green minion things that like flew and did weird things. He was slimy, he was snake, and he was resilient. And Rasputin's game was to make sure that Anastasia never was reunited with her family. And so he tried everything within his power to make sure she never made it. See, Anastasia never sees what Rasputin is planning or doing, but he's still doing it nonetheless. See, spiritual warfare is simply warfare of the unseen. What is taking place behind the scenes? Spiritual warfare consists of Satan and his demonic help, strategizing, working hard, and trying to take us out at every possible opportunity. Spiritual warfare is the battle for our souls, and Satan clearly didn't read to the end of the book, because if he did, he would have given up a long time ago, right? Because we already know who has the victory. So in the few minutes that I have, I just wanted to, when I thought of spiritual warfare when I approach it, there's a few questions I ask, that I've asked God, um, and then I want to answer a few of those questions. Is that all right? So the first question, what war and with who? In verses 11, it says, put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. So the short answer is, yes, there is a war. Um, and it is with Satan. But I think you can unpack that a little bit more. Um, And we need to understand as Christians, and we need to grasp it, what war looks like in our day-to-day lives. Because it's consistent, it's constant, um, and if we don't know how to attack it, we're just, we're gonna get taken out real quick. And we need to become aware and quick because the bondages are on our people, and they're on our community, they're on our nation, and they're on our world. See, people are not our enemy. Often, even me, we look at other people in our world and they look a little bit different or they speak a little bit different or they act a little bit different and we don't agree with it. And so then that disagreement turns into hate for one another or judgment for one another. But people are not our enemies. There are people out there right now, right in the stadium alone, living all sorts of lives, but they're not our enemies. Satan would have us believe it so because in John 10.10 10, it says that he comes to kill, kill, steal and destroy. But Satan is a liar and Satan is a strategist. Satan has been trying and failing to strategize against the living God and his people since the beginning of time. And Satan is well acquainted with lies, deceit, darkness and all things designed to kill us. Satan dresses up depression alcoholism, suicide, drug abuse, physical, sexual, emotional abuse, family breakdown, relationship breakdown, rejection, and so, so much more. And he dresses us up to make us think that that we did that to ourselves, that we've created that, that that's our only option. But Satan has been scheming and acting in such a way behind the scenes that people have been tricked and deceived into thinking that these are their only options, right? We're not at war with one another. As Christians, our battle is against Satan. And I think, like, I think about our community and I think about our nation alone. And in the last couple of months, like, I've been really overwhelmed and aware of what our nation looks like, what kind of world we're living in. And from a very young age, I've always felt such a great concern for people. I always wanted everybody to be loved and everybody to be cared for and everyone to have the greatest life possible. And But I was also very aware that that's not the case in a lot of people's lives. And so when I'd see that, my heart would break. And my heart still breaks. But like in the last couple of months, God's just really shown me that those people out there are being lied to. They're being deceived. Like lucky are we, blessed are we, that we may know the truth of Jesus and his love. But everybody asks there, why are our suicide rates so high? Why is everyone killing themselves? Why is there so much physical violence within New Zealand? The statistic I think, I don't know the exact statistic, but in New Zealand over the last three years, we have the highest suicide rate in the world per capita. That shouldn't be okay. That's not okay that that's happening in our country. The family abuse, the sexual abuse, the bullying within our schools. Our community needs Jesus, our nation needs Jesus, it needs unity. And there is a war against them. And I think a lot of people see us as little old, we New Zealand, that um, doesn't have much to offer except for some rugby and some music maybe. But New Zealand has a lot to offer. New Zealand has a massive coin on its life. And I think that we need to understand that we need to recognise the darkness that we're going into every day. And I believe that as Christians we are called and we have a responsibility to suit up and go out. But if we can't suit up and defend ourselves, how are we meant to go out and do it for somebody else, right? So the next week, but I just want to break down the armour of God. And I believe our God is alive and he is good, and even though there's darkness and there's awful things going on, that he gives us everything that we need to stand firm and to go to get battle, right? So in verses 3 it says, Because of this you must wear all the armour that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. All pieces of armour are essential. The verse doesn't say wear one or the other, but instead we need to wear all of the armour of God. It That will give us victory. See, who who knows that armour serves a purpose? Missing one piece, opportunity for attack. Where in all of the armour, you will be victorious. You are protected. It says in Romans 13, verse 12, The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. And then if we go back to verse 4, it says, Put on truth is about to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Live each day in God's truth. We get to it later on, um the spirit, the sword of the spirit. And the belt is probably the most important part of the armour, right? So you have your garments on and everything attaches and it all fits in, but the belt is designed to hold everything into place. And so when God when Paul addresses the bout of truth, the bout of truth must come first, so that it can hold the rest of it in, in place, right? We must first understand God's truth, because every other part of armour will be effective only if we get this right first. In Psalm 86 verse 11 it says, Commit yourself daily to walk in the light of God's truth. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. See, the battle of truth involves two places, our hearts and our minds. Truth keeps us secure in Christ and makes effect all, effective all the other pieces of armour. The battle of truth holds our armour in place, and the truth of God will centre you. And then moving on, it says, put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. To the breastplate, it secures the vitals, it shouts the chest. A soldier who is covered with a breastplate will not walk into battle, but run, knowing that their vital body parts are protected from the enemy. And Satan is going to try and take you out, pre-Jesus. Like when you think about before the moment you met Jesus, Satan uses everything that you thought that was not right, and he tries to deceive you and tell you that you're not gone far from that place that you've not moved forward he tries to tell you that you are guilty and that you are shameful and that you're never moving forward away from that but you have right standing with god you are loved you're a child of god you are covered you are strong you are courageous you're worthy you are a conqueror you serve a god who is alive who is good and who is victorious Satan's opinion is not valid. Your identity is valid in Christ. And that's what covers the heart. Your identity in Christ. And then it goes on to say, stand on your feet alert and you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. I went for a time, I think it was back in 2014, where I didn't wear shoes for a year. Um, I saw this thing on the internet the year before and I was like, I can do that. And then foolishly did it. But... It was good, it taught me a lot, right, and then I bought me some mean Nikes the day after I could put shoes on, right?
1: But every time I walked out the house with no shoes on,
0: I was just watching every step that I made, because I was scared to step on something that was painful, that was hurtful, that you was know, embarrassing. One time, I a couple of times, okay, I did stand on poo, alright? It did happen. I mean, the lower hut cinemas also tried to tell me I couldn't come in because the popcorn would hurt my feet, but I went in, alright? But. Pretty much what I'm trying to say is that our shoes protect our feet, right? They give us confidence to walk freely and firmly, knowing our tootsies are safe. So it's the same with the shoes Paul is talking about in Ephesians. So when the truth of God holds in place the sacrifice Jesus was willing to make for us and that we are children of God, we can freely walk in peace. We don't need to worry. We can breathe. We can be at peace with God, ourselves and others. And once we know and experience that peace... We can then tell and show the real peace God has given us through Jesus to others. And then moving on, it says, In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. The shield doesn't only shield a soldier, but it also shields one's armor, right? It's the first line of defense for a soldier and the shield it moves with the attack. Your faith is vital as Christians. Our belief in God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit is the foundation of what we build our lives upon. We've experienced the most deepest, purest relationship known to us. Our faith is the evidence of things not seen and the substance of things hoped for. Any attack we encounter, this truth of our faith will protect us. It is non-negotiable that we must hold tight to when Satan tries to take us out. And then finally, embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. A good hope of salvation, well-founded and well-built, will both purify the soul and keep it from being polluted by Satan. And it will comfort our souls and keep it from being troubled by Satan. See, every day you wake up, you walk out of your house and the salvation that God has offered you through Jesus Christ. You are saved. See, good hope keeps us trusting in God even when Satan lies to us. Secure yourself with the truth of God's salvation, which has been freely given to you. And then it says, And takes the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. The word of God is powerful and necessary. We find the truth of God in the Bible, right? See, when Satan tries to take us out, the Bible reaffirms every truth that we know in our heart. We must get hungry and desire to read the Bible, know what God says about who he is, what he's capable of, who he says we are and what that means for us. We need to align ourselves with God's word, his truth. Our lives must reflect the word of God so that Satan can't holler at us. right? And if we go, it's funny, I think about my own journey with God and with Jesus and stuff like that. And I was raised in um, a Christian home. So my mum and dad carried our family through faith, quite literally. Um, but I remember growing up and I knew everything about Jesus and all that. Um, but for a wee while, there was a little bit of a really angry kid, I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder, and I kind of just didn't want anyone or didn't care about anyone, I was just doing my own thing, let me do me, you do you boo. But I remember when I was 18 years old, um, I put my hand up and I made the choice, I was like, I think I was like doing drugs and drinking a lot of alcohol um, and hanging out with some people that probably weren't the best people for me. Um, And I remember I was just turned 18, my youth leaders, because I was still in youth group at the time, But my youth leaders invited me. I think they felt a little bit of pity for me. Like, I was so far gone that um, they invited me to this camp, but I was already out of school. So they're like, oh, you can come for the last year, like, probably in hopes, like, please let her know Jesus. And so I went to this camp, and I remember just listening to this message. I can't remember what the message is about. But it must have struck a chord, because I sat there, and I thought, man, I'm so over-drinking. Like, I'm so over-partying. And like it... I don't know, I just did it because everyone else did it. Like it's not like I was a massive fan of it. Like I just did it because everyone else was doing it. But I remember thinking, man, I'm just so done with it and I thought, God if you're real, like I was like if you who if you are who you say you are I was like, then you can we'll give it a go. We'll give it a go, love. Um, I remember putting my hand up and I gave my heart to Jesus. But if I think back now as a almost 25-year-old and who God placed in my life um, as a teenager in my youth ministry, um, even like way back to my mum and my dad, right? Shout out to my mum who's in the second row over there. If I think back as far as so when, before I was even born, my fa- my parents, they put on their armour and they went to war, right? And then every youth leader that I came into contact with put on their armour and they went to war for me but they first defended themselves, built themselves up, and then they were able to do it for other people. And I think, man, I'm so, so thankful that someone put on their armor and went to war. And they went to war for people like me. Like I'm, like sometimes I think I potentially could have even, like me and my best friend Debbie were talking about doing a Bible study one day and this question is like, where would you be if you didn't know Jesus. And me and Debbie looked at each other. Debbie's straight up hey, eh? like we're kinda almost polar opposites. She's real up front, doesn't matter how it comes out, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I need to make this sound nice so you don't feel offended. Debbie just says it and as we looked at each other we laughed. And she was her story's a little bit similar to mine. And um we're both like one, two, three, dead. And that's where we honestly thought that we could potentially be is that God literally saved us from death. We talk about a metaphorical death or a death of eternity and all that sort of stuff, but in the physical, potentially, me and my friend, we would have driven ourselves down that way. And I'm just so blessed that God put those people so intentionally, Like, but they were also people that said yes to putting on their armor and going out and I think as Christians, we so often, I don't know, um, wait for the fight to come to us. We wait for the people to come to us uh, with their problems and the stuff that's going on in their lives. But God didn't call us to wait. He's gone before us, He's leading us into battle. Every time he's, He says, Get up, get out of bed, put on your truth, of, your bout of truth, put it on. Grab your shield of faith. Take those shoes of peace. Take that word of God and take it into your nation. And I think what breaks my heart the most is that, I'm talking to me too. So often I don't, like I'm just like, oh yeah, if someone comes in the doors on a Sunday morning and they want to hang out, like let's hang out. But what are we doing that actually gets us around? more people like I just think as Christians we have so much so much more capability to just include people like I think do you know what solves suicide the love of Jesus solves suicide but deep connection with people that love Jesus saves people as well because I can guarantee you if you spoke with so many of those people who thought about taking their lives or did take their lives, and you got to speak with them beforehand, And they said, if someone had connected so deeply with me, I would have thought that there was never an option for me. Because deep connection matters. Deep connection saves. And then when you have that deep connection, you have the ability to show them the cross. So always turn it back to the cross. And it says earlier on, Says that I have given you the victory, that you are victorious if you put on the armor and you go out. So, if we know we have the victory, what current actions would we change knowing that we're just running towards that victory in the first place? I can guarantee you, with God, your union with Jesus Christ, where your strength comes from, you will not lose. If you put on that armor every morning that you get out of bed and you walk out with your head held high knowing that Jesus backs you and he's going with you but he's also gone before you because he leads us and then we follow but then he also stands with us and fights and my heart breaks for this nation I just want everyone to be loved I just want everyone to be cared for want everyone to live the best life that Jesus planned from the beginning. And that should be our heart. As Christians, there's no point in mucking around with the cross if that's not our heart for people. No, it's just, we're not meant to hold on to it. We're not meant to hold on to it and keep it for ourselves. It was never the intention. And when we were doing that arm link and Beck says afterwards, oh, it felt like our arms were out and I was thinking we're only praying for five minutes and my arms were getting sore I was thinking man if Jesus was up on that cross for a long time there's no way that he wanted us to hold the love of Jesus to ourselves and keep it to ourselves we have a responsibility as Christians to go out to first suit up and defend ourselves right because how are we supposed to help anyone if we can't do it for ourselves but then to go out And I'm excited because I look at this church and I look at where we're placed as well. So we're right in Walter Nash Stadium. This is my community. Like I just grew up in Stokes Valley, five minutes down the road. Like these people are my people. These people are our people. And we get to have church, like these people that are walking past us all the time. And they're probably hearing us singing our lungs out and hearing me preach and a little bit cry, all that sort of stuff. But we have such an opportunity. There's so much value in God placing us right in the middle of this community. But, like I said, if we can't do it for ourselves first, and we can't recognize spiritual warfare, we can't declare it over our own lives, the name of Jesus and the blood of the Lamb, then we're going to be ineffective, right? And I know, even this week, I know there's people in our church. And some are here and some aren't, but people have been dealing with spiritual warfare and it's been a hard week like even just leading up i'm about to take on a foster kid right and like that's terrifying like i am like yes i've got this and then like i'm like six days out i'm like oh my goodness i'm gonna cry and i don't know if i can handle myself and i'm just like who let them who let me who let me take them like i'm just like who allowed this um but there's been spiritual warfare all week like just with that is that God has called that out, and we're going, and we're going hard. But Satan doesn't want that. Satan doesn't want that girl to feel safe and to feel loved and to feel secure. And so he then goes out and he tries to make division between people. And that's what Satan is constantly doing, creating division between us, between us and people who don't believe as well. The only thing that is really, really ever gonna conquer division. But mate from Aussie said it, kindness. Kindness and love overrules division. I'm gonna finish in a second. Um, but I'll tell you something about the Anastasia movie as well. She was, as a kid, the palace was overrun and um, she gets lost and she becomes an orphan and she's just trying to make it somewhere in life. These two Russians think, oh, we'll get some money for her. Like, she looks kind of like it. We'll just teach her everything that she needs to know. Uh, and then we'll sell her off. Like, we get money, she gets royalty. It's a pretty sick deal. And she's into it as well. And a man, oh, scary fella. He um, he tries everything, Kay. Every, every, everything that he could possibly do to take her out. You know what? She makes it she gets there she gets reunited with her family sure there was some hard stuff that happened she almost died a few times you know nothing major but um she made it she gets reunited with her family rasputin like i'm pretty sure he dies like he falls off a cliff and he's out He's no more right and i just think it's so the same with us God is victorious. We already read to the end of the book. We know the end. We already know who wins. And so if our God wins and we're in his army, that means that we will also win for him.